You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Jim Rome here. When you want expert advice, you go to a pro. Now, some folks consider me a pro at sports, and as a pro at sports, here is some very simple advice that can help you. When you're hitting the sports book and a buddy of yours tells you he has a, quote, sure thing, you want my pro tip? Go the other way. There's a reason why casinos pop up from the ground every week in Vegas. There is no such thing as a guarantee in sports. And when you're looking for pro tips on vehicle maintenance or repair, look no further than O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whether it comes to replacing your battery, getting advice on proper car maintenance, or even just getting the best bang for your buck, their expert team can help you out every step of the way. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. This year is one of the special years because we should have the first pick in Zion Williamson and RJ, unless somebody's traded or they're, you know, they've lost their mind. Yeah, RJ should be in the top three. What's cracking? Welcome to another monster episode of the Jim Rome Podcast. It is NBA Draft Week, and it is Smack-Off Week, and we are all over both. Our guest today is college basketball's winningest coach of all time. He has won five national titles. He has reached 12 Final Fours. He's won three Olympic gold medals, and he could have three players go in the lottery of Thursday's NBA Draft with the top pick overall in Zion Williamson. Of course, I'm talking about Duke head coach Mike Krzyzewski, who is making his maiden voyage on the pod, and it could not come at a better time. And to get you ready for Friday's 25th annual Smack Off, I'm going to reset the last five winning calls. So, you want to lock this in? It's Ep 86, it's kick-ass, and it's coming at you right now. Mike, it is so nice to speak with you on this podcast. Thanks so much for making time for it. Let me start right here. Given that you're looking at multiple lottery picks and the possibility, maybe, of even four first-rounders, how excited are you for the draft night Thursday night, and what are your expectations? Well, you know, in the last, uh, in the last decade, we've been really fortunate to have a number of kids drafted high, and this year is one of the special years because we should have the first pick in Zion Williamson and RJ unless somebody's traded or they're, you know, they've lost their mind. Yeah, RJ should be in the top three. And Cam Reddish has a chance to be a single-digit lottery. And uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited because they've been, they're great kids. Uh, I think they're ready. And uh, I think they'll, they'll really help the franchises that are, are fortunate enough to get them. So, Mike, in terms of Zion, I'm curious, what was your reaction when the Pelicans won the lottery and it would appear that Zion would have a chance to run with Anthony Davis? And then what did you think when the Pelicans agreed to trade Davis to the Lakers? Well, you know, I never felt that, you know, I, I, I talked to Zion about it, not that I have any intel or anything, but I said, you know, I, I think the chances of Anthony Davis being there are, are slim and none, you know, and uh and what you should be prepared for is really uh, becoming, hopefully, uh, if you fulfill your potential, the face of the franchise. Uh, I said it's a great community. 
You have new leadership and David Griffin, who I know very well and is outstanding. Alvin Gentry is uh, uh, a, a good friend and an outstanding coach. And then they added Trajan Langdon as a GM. And I said, you'll have really, a, it's like a, a, a start over, a st- you know, and, and you'll be the guy, you should be prepared to be the guy that really is featured in all of this. And, you know, I think he'll be able to handle that well, especially with the guidance of those three guys I just mentioned. And certainly I know you would agree that the community should absolutely embrace and love him. You know, I, Mike, I would imagine you've been asked literally every single question imaginable about Zion. But let me just ask you this. What is something about him that folks might not know that they should know? He's an extraordinary young man. Uh, he doesn't have to play basketball. He's effervescent. You know, there's not a day that I didn't enjoy being around Zion. You know, he's very humble funny, smart. He gets it like, you know, I don't know if, you know, I grew up like where guys goofed on each other, you know, you, you know, not necessarily playful jokes, but the interaction, the, the talking, he can do that. He, 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 he's such a good kid and, uh, and, and so humble. Uh, I, uh, he'll, he'll be a breath of fresh air for, uh, for them. And, uh, Besides being an outstanding player, and Jim, he is so good with people, and the community will love him, and he'll do things you know, to help their community. I'm glad I asked you that question, and they're going to find out soon enough. You know, Mike, if you stay after this long enough, there's always going to be an opportunity to maybe even coach your own grandson, and that's going to happen. <laughs> Michael Sabarino is going to walk on next season. Let me first ask, have you ever coached a close family member, and what do you think that's going to be like? No, none of my, my family members are bartenders and uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, truck firemen and uh, you know, the athletic they weren't afforded the opportunities to be uh, in the sports community. Uh, but coaching my grandson, you know, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, I have 10 grandkids. My oldest daughter, Debbie, has four kids. And they've been, my, my old, uh, Debbie works with me. She's an assistant athletic director and works right with our program. And uh, so Michael has grown up in our program. He understands the culture. He loves you know, everything about it, and uh, and he, then he became a, a good high school player. He'd probably be a Division two player, but he was smart enough to get into Duke, and uh, he's tough. And you know what he is, Jim? He's serious about being a good player. And sometimes as a walk-on, you accept the fact that you're a walk-on, and you're not as serious. You know, uh, I think Michael will help us, uh, and he's already become really good friends with the players on the team because he's around them, and and maybe even more importantly with all of our managers. And uh, so they, he he's coming into familiar territory. Mike, I think I know the answer to this, but I'll ask you anyway: Are you going to coach him like he's your grandson, or are you going to coach him like he's a basketball player? Good question, man. Uh, you know, I already have met with them. I met with them a couple of weeks ago because they, uh, some of the guys are here in summer school, and 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 I I, I said I'm going to talk to you like a player, and and I'm going to treat you like a player. And so one of the things, like 
my grandkids call me Poppy and my wife Minnie. I said, if you say Poppy in practice, you know, uh, I know I can't punch you, but you'll be running sprints <laughs> forever. And uh, I said, it, so it's got to be coach. He said, he said, Poppy, I know that. The next, I saw him two hours later, he's in the gym. And he said, uh, hey, coach, is this the way you want me? To? So we, we conquered that. And I'll, I'll coach him real hard, real hard. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, Mike, it reminds me, I actually, when I got out of this, I got out of college and I went to the family business briefly and it was rather disastrous. But I remember my father who owned the company with my mother, I said, hey, pops, he's like, look, you're going to stop that right away. You refer to me as Jay. I said, really? He said, Jay, Jay, you call me Jay. I, you know, you work for me. And I came home one week and I said, hey, Jay, what's up? He said, don't get cute. Don't get cute. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And I know that Michael did too. And so, he wants it. Jim, he wants to be coached. He's been behind the bench watching us, and and he'd tell his mom, uh, you know, Mom, I, I wish Poppy, I, I, I wish my coach would yell at me or get passionate with me like uh, Poppy's doing. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, the best ones do want to be coached hard. We know yeah, this. They do. All right, so, Mike, when you, when you look at your coaching kids, that in some cases, many cases – are 50 years younger than you. So how are you able to connect and communicate with them as effectively and successfully as you do? In other words, do you adapt to them or do they adapt to you? No, yeah, well, they adapt some to you. But, you know, Jim, I actually just a few weeks ago spoke to the Corps of Cadets, my alma mater, and I talked to them about leadership. And I said, you know, as a leader, like I'm actually, I'm in summary, I'm 72, so I'm 54, 55 years older than, than these guys. And uh, uh, I said, but I keep getting older. The, the group that I coach remains the same age. And so what I've had to do, it, how, it's up to the leader to connect, okay? And so I have to adapt to them in how I connect with them. And I've done that over the years, so I've stayed pretty young in that regard. The thing that you do not adapt are what you connect with. And those are the values that you're trying to teach, whether they be integrity, courage, respect, loyalty, trust, you know, those things. Those things remain the same, and that's where they have to adapt to you because you're teaching them those, those values. All right, so those values and those concepts obviously are universal. It's one thing to adapt to those, but then you needed to adapt to the best of the best, the professional players, and then coaching Team USA, of course, has been an experience of a lifetime. Mike, what do you remember about that very first meeting with all of them together? What did you tell the players, and what was that like? Well, it was a great night and a scary night for me. I... You know, when before I go into a meeting, I always have some individual meetings. So I met with uh, LeBron individually, Dwayne Wade, Jason Kidd, and Kobe. And uh, one of the things I told them, uh, I, I said, tonight we're going to have a meeting, and we're going to and and we're going to talk about how we're going to live together. And uh, and I'm going to have. There are two standards that I have. One, you look each other in the eye when you talk, and two, uh, you tell each other the truth. And I'd like for each one of you, again, these are individual meetings, to say 
to give me one. And that's scary that you're asking for them. So we come in and Jerry Colangelo talks to him first. And uh, Jerry was, has been unbelievable. And, but one of the things he said I didn't agree with, he said, I want all of you to leave your egos at the, at the door. So I came up and I said, you know what? Yeah, I'm, this is the only time I'm going to disagree with Jerry, but I want all of you to bring your egos in. LeBron be LeBron, Kobe be, because I know the Gasols are going to be the same and Ginobili's. And I said, just let's, let's be one ego and that's U.S. And then I said to him, you are not playing for the United States. And they looked at me like, boy, I wish we had a pro coach now, you know, not a college coach. And I said, and I just let it resonate for a few seconds. And I said, and we always had a picture of the gold medal up on a screen. And I said, we will not win the gold medal unless, and I said, now understand, you are United, the United States basketball team. In other words, you own it. If we own it, we'll fight to the death for it. If we don't own it, we can't be, we can't rent it. And that's where the standards came in, where it was there, it was ours, not just mine. And we tried to create ownership. And that night, all four of those guys contributed, and we, and a number of others, and we came up with 15 standards, no rules that we lived by and it was an amazing night and the start of our the building of our culture for USA basketball. I was gonna say, Mike, it seems to me and you you said that word a couple of times and then you said it a third time, why are they standards and not rules? Is it not the same thing? No, it's not. And I think a rule is something you obey. A standard is something that you own. You know, I when I went to West Point they had a huge rule book and uh and not very flexible, and you had to obey a rule. I'm not saying rules are should never be there, but if like a standard, well, Jason Kidd raised his hand and said, you know, Coach, we should never be late. That's disrespectful. And uh, so that might be a rule, don't be late. And I said, but we used it as a standard. I said, you're right about respect. Can no one be late? And, you know, let's use that. And they, well, how do you guys – you guys okay with that? Yeah. And I said, by the way, we've gotten our butts kicked in four out of the last five international events. We didn't respect our opponents. I'd like to have one of our standards is that we never have a bad practice, but that's not just on me. That's on all of us. And in my whole time, my 11 years, we never had a guy wait and we never had a bad practice. Hmm. And it's just a, Maybe some people would call it a play on words. Maybe it is, but I think anytime you can create ownership for the people in your group, the better chance you have uh, for success. It certainly did work. Mike, we have a few more minutes left. You know, one more thought, if you don't mind, on Team USA, because you obviously coached Kevin Durant and right. what he went. I'm curious what you thought when you saw him playing as well as he was in Game 5, when he put in the time to come back the way he did – only to go down the way he did and then to ultimately hear that he ruptured his Achilles. What did you think as you saw that play out? Well, uh, you know, I love Kevin. He's been on three of our gold medal teams, and he actually got started in 210 in Istanbul where he was the MVP of the world championships and leading scorer at 21. And 
uh, Kevin loves to play and loves to compete. So it did not surprise me that he tried to do it and then he scored right away. You know, he's on his way to a 40 point game. You know, in retrospect, I wish he had not done it, but I don't think in retrospect he would wish that he had not done it. You know, I think he, uh, look, he's committed three times to the U.S. team and a fourth time he had, he had to withdraw because it was during that time he, he was going through a big shoe thing with, uh, under armor and Nike and he, he couldn't, it couldn't be resolved, but, uh, I love him. You know, he's as good a player as there is in the world. And he certainly has not only won NBA championships, but he's been a, a great, uh, great, great player for uh, team USA. So when you say that you wish he had not done it, do you mean you wish he had not come back and tried to play or yeah, had not? I, I wish he didn't, but, uh, obviously that's in retrospect, you know, uh, because I don't want him to be hurt. You know, it's not good. You know, he, you know, he, not having Kevin Durant play when he is still old enough to play at the highest level, boy, that short changes all of us, you know. Uh, it, 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 he's really one of the great players of all time. I mean, if you had to guess, Mike, do you think that that was entirely about he just was so competitive and wanted to rejoin that fight or – he just and it's purely speculation. But if you had to guess, do you think he felt any external pressure to rejoin the fight because of all the noise out there? I don't know if it's because of all the noise. I think he may have felt pressure because of his commitment to his team, and that doesn't mean the Warriors were putting any pressure on him. They're down three to you know three to one, and uh, he hasn't played for over a month. You know, I think. He, it, I think it's self-imposed pressure to help his unit, and that's just who he is. And I, 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 don't, I don't think anybody else. I don't think it's the noise. I think it's the noise from the outside. I think it's the noise from inside of a great competitor and a great teammate, you know, to help his his team in a in a moment of need. Sure. And I appreciate your thoughts. Mike, really quickly, you've talked about the importance of being present, always being present, and to continue to achieve, and the importance of reinventing yourself, and you yourself have done this. I'm kind of curious about your process for reinvention. How often do you do it, and what part of yourself or your process do you reinvent? Well, first of all, I think just what you can do physically. You know, I can't, I never could dunk, but at least I could play. And, uh, you know, just at 72, what, and as you move along, also I have almost every one of my body parts replaced. Right. <laughs> two knees and two hips. Uh, you adjust physically to just how much you can do. Uh, along the way, also uh, adjusting to how much you allow other people to do. Where you, uh, early on in my career, I was much more, uh, I was very much a micromanager and, uh, I changed that in the mid nineties and I, I allow my people to do a lot and they make me better. And, uh, and then just in lifestyle, you know, uh, uh I've been fortunate to have, uh, my 10 grandchildren live within 10 minutes of me. And I never knew 
growing up, I was not best friends with my parents. My parents worked all the time. I'm best friends with my daughters and their families. And that adjustment and also with former players on my staff, I only have former players and they're my friends. That's helped me adapt and stay current and and, uh, uh, be happy. I'm not alone in what I'm doing. And and that's a cool thing. And then finally, your players know this. Those close to you know this. But that legendary work ethic that you have, who taught you the value of hard work, deep work? Where did that come from? Yeah, that's just from my mom and dad and my brother, Bill, who passed away five years ago. You know, my brother uh, was a captain in, in, in the uh, Chicago Fire Department. He's about four and a half years older, 6'6", 260, stud guy, you know, really you know, took over our family when my dad died when I was a senior at West Point. And Jim, in 37 years, my brother never missed a day of work. Hmm. You know, my mom, you know, she's a cleaning lady in Chicago at the Chicago Athletic Club and never missed it, never missed a night. And even where when I got to the coach, I would call her after every game uh, even before I talked to the press to say what the result was and whatever. And she was always worried that if I lost one game, I, I wouldn't have my job because in, at that time in our society, if you missed a day at work, you could be fired. And, uh, and, and her meticulous work ethic, uh, she only went to eighth grade when I was at West Point I remember coming home one, one, uh, one during one leave period, and you know, and I'm in my uniform. She says, "Mike, you think you're something, huh?" I said, "No, mom. I just," he says, "You know, you think you're getting a great education. Just so you know, I got my graduate degree." And I said, <laughs> "I said, what graduate degree?" She says, "I'm a domestic engineer." Mm. Yeah. He said, "She said I chase dirt and I always catch it." Oh. And uh, and she had a great sense of humor. So I was brought up in a. I, I had uh, I have great great family, my brother and my parents to uh, <laughs> to ground me, but also to teach me. That that is so amazing, Mike. What did she mean by that? I I chase dirt, but I always catch it. Yeah, because she's always cleaning everything. Yeah. you know she's and she says you never see anything dirty around here, do you? And uh, you know she was. Uh, she had, I, I, I could talk forever about my mom. That's why we built a center in her name here in Durham and, uh, where we help low income kids. And we have 270 kids in the center and 13 years old. And every kid that leaves, uh, gets to go to college. And, uh, we've, we're 100%. I'm, I'm not undefeated as a coach, but the center's undefeated, and it's built on the principle of what Emily did. She believed in education, and she believed in me. And only one in five low-income kids in Durham go to college, and uh, we want to change that, and we have changed it. And uh, that's what she did. We're, you know, we weren't poor, but we were low-income, and uh, and she made it happen for me. So that. Uh, it's a good example for the for the youngsters from those families in our community. And isn't it so interesting that somebody felt that passionately about education, 
when she only went through the eighth grade. No, it's amazing. And that she was wise and funny. You know, my mother, you know, most of the listeners won't remember, but there used to be, you know, Lucille Ball, one of the sure. great. Yeah. And my mom was the Polish Lucille Ball. <laughs> she was uh, amazing. And, uh, you know, like I tell my players all the time, be as tough as your mother. You know, like all I know is my mother, I never knew she was tired. She showed up for me every day. She was never sick. Uh, I, how the hell did that happen? And, uh, you know, and it's, she had a commitment to our family and to me and my brother. And God bless her. She's the best person in my life. That's amazing. It's a really, really big week for the program, I know, and all the players that are going to the draft on Thursday. Yeah. Mike, I know you're busy. I so appreciate the conversation. So good yeah, to get caught no, up, especially in a long good. form like this. Thank you, and it's always good to, to be with you, Jim. Thank you. You too, Mike. Thank you so much. Have a great week. All right. Take care. It's summertime. It's awesome, right? It is, except for one thing. These damn flies, insects, bugs. It's the worst. Which is why I'm so glad I've got buddies over at Dynatrap. Dynatrap is the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquito and insect traps. You probably knew that. But did you know they've come up with a solution for indoor pests? The Dynatrap Fly Light. The Dynatrap Fly Light works day and night to attract and trap flies, fruit flies, mosquitoes, and other annoying insects. I'm telling you, this thing works. Never mind those nasty, filthy, disgusting fly strips. The Dynatrap Fly Light looks like a subtle nightlight that plugs into any indoor outlet. Trust me, I've been using mine. We've got flies because we leave our doors open in the summertime. It works great. Get yours at Dynatrap.com. That's D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P.com. D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P.com. Enter the promo code ROAM. Receive 15% off any of their products. Dynatrap, the safe, silent, and simple solution to household insect control. Always great to run down the legendary Coach K, but even better when it's two days in front of the NBA draft where a number of his guys should come off the board early. So my thanks to Coach K for that amazing conversation. And as many of you know, the 25th edition of the Smack Off is coming up on Friday, June 21st on my daily radio program, The Jungle. You want to make sure you lock that thing in, and you can by using a local terrestrial affiliate or Sirius XM Channel 206 or the CBS Sports Network TV show, or the Radio.com app, or my website, JimRome.com. All those platforms will carry the event live from noon until 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific. Now, instead of our usual voicemails, I'm going to reset the last five winning smack-off calls from 2014 to 2018. Maybe you've heard them before. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you have and you've forgotten. Either way, this is going to set the tone for what to expect this coming Friday, the 21st, and why you need to listen. So let's get this thing started with last year's winning call from the four-time champ and arguably the guy to beat once again, Brad in Corona. Hey, Les, I love the start of your phone call both times it happened. The only thing missing was your producer yelling out, and cut. The sound was off, guys. We're going to take it from the top. And action, Les. Also, to be honest, could have used a few more gimmicks and other people on that phone call. I mean, if you're going to bring in Larry Brown, at least give us an update on his crank, man. Is he still whipping it around out there? What's happening? 
Hey, I loved Carbone's call, too, where washed-up, modestly successful Steve Carbone got washed up, even more modestly successful Cablin Asian in on a tandem phone call. Shawnee, shouldn't you be producing your own fake smack-off with your lame-ass friends where you guys make fun of the show like bitter bitches and then post it to Stucknut like you did back in the day multiple times? Hey, for those of you not watching on CBS Sports Network right now, I want everybody to head over to my Twitter feed, at uh, Brad and Corona. I got some really tasteful photos for you to check out. And a quick request, when you guys Photoshop these things and then pass them around the interwebs later, can someone remove that pimple from my ass? And uh, now that I look at it, I got a mole that I should probably get checked out. Hey, Jay Stu, maybe you can eyeball that thing for me and give me your professional opinion, mole boy. For the rest of you on the radio, I'll just describe what's happening I got really fed up with Matt and Tyler talking about how good-looking they are and calling all Americans fat because we're not all fat. So I got a custom-made banana hammock with Matt's face right up by my banana and Tyler's face around back near my hammock. Clones, rest assured, I don't want to do this. I never wanted to do this. I have to do this. This one is for America. USA! USA! Breathe it in, boys. Hey, I love the pictures Matt and Tyler sent in today, by the way. I just want to say for the record that you guys aren't even good-looking. You're just good-looking compared to Mark in Boston and Rick in Buffalo. But let's face it, those two guys are pretty much last-call slump busters for any woman drunk enough to go home with them from their local Applebee's. Tyler, uh, apparently the rhinoplasty procedure hasn't made its way north of the Canadian border yet. Because if it had, you would have already whittled down that massive schnoz of yours into something more manageable. Dude, your face looks like that helmet Brad Pitt wore in the movie Troy. I also enjoyed those pics of your girlfriend from earlier in the week sitting on that motorcycle. Yeah, judging by the way you and your boy Matt like to make your sandwiches, I'm guessing that's probably the only hog she'll be riding anytime soon. By the way, bro, bring that chick down to Southern California. She's a seven and a half at best down here. And while we're talking about guys who will definitely be sophomore slumping this year, let me get to my boy Jeff Passan. Hey, Passan. You're an author. You'll appreciate this one. Jeff, did you know that passin is an anagram of ass-pan, which is a synonym for bedpan, which is ironic because your calls are all really smelly and you need to be disposed of. But passin isn't the only author in the jungle, Jim, and I'm not talking about I. Ray Craig either. This is breaking news. Mark in Hollywood made the transition this year from actor to professional author. And by that, I mean he just writes home to mom and dad once a week asking for help with the rent money. I'm told it's a, an ongoing monthly series and quite tear-jerking for Mark's parents. I'm not saying times are hard for Mark in Hollywood, Jim. What I am saying is the only acting work he's had lately consists of trying to convince the cashier at Walmart that the dog food he buys once a week is actually for a dog and not for him to chow down on in the parking lot like they've caught him doing on the regular. Jimmy, I'm so glad Mike and Indy unretired the other day only 24 hours after no one cared that he retired in the first place. Mike's amazing, isn't he, Jim? Like, he genuinely believes that he is the best ever and that he's won every smack-off he's ever competed in. I should tell you he also genuinely believes that the earth is flat, pee is stored in the balls, and those bumps he got after hooking up with his cousin were just bug bites. So take it for what it's worth. Hey, shout-out to Cruz Pedregon for volunteering to put the smack-off winner's name on his race car for one race. Cruz, I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth here, but, dude, this ain't the Indy 500, man. You race NHRA drag cars that last for, like, five seconds. The only thing quicker than that with less publicity would be if Vic and NoCal volunteers to shout-out the winner's name the next time he has sex. 
Ah, ah, Brad, Brady Corona. And that clones Tyler, Matt, Mike, Mona, Cablination. In the words of my boy Shaquille O'Neal, that is the difference between first and last place. So everybody take a good look at my Twitter feed and the monitors on the CBS Sports Channel right now. And Tyler, bitch, tell me how my ass tastes. Matthew, tell me how my ass tastes. Mike and Indy, tell me how my ass tastes. Cablination, tell me how my ass tastes. Everybody, tell me how my ass tastes. Less in legimic bitch, tell me how my ass tastes. It's delicious. Now from 2017, here's Lef in Laguna. Doing pretty good, Romy. Hey, condolences to Brad and Corona. It appears he finally succumbed to mesothelioma from exposure to Lef's bestest. And Jimmy, this call is about to go so old school. By the end, I, you're going to swear your studio is haunted by the souls of Smackers past. I mean, literally. And Romy, I got a tweet this morning from NHRA champion Cruz Pedregon. He and the Snap-On boys are taking in the smack off today. Hey, Cruz, do me a favor. Can you hook up young Miss Coach Huge Sleaze with directions on how to keep his front end down when he's popping his wheelies? And, and Jimmy, the Carson Chargers open up camp tomorrow, and they're playing their home games on a soccer field. I mean, does that mean Joey Bosa and the boys are going to go door-to-door selling cookie dough to raise money for shin guards? I mean, Romy, I can handle Phil Rivers spinning a perfect two-handed overhead spiral to a wide-open striker, but I'm not done with Ed Hockley in extra medium shorts, you know, flaunting those bulging biceps of his. And, Romy, as you can see, I'm, I'm keeping it totally old school today. I've dropped all the gimmicks. Whitey hit it. That's your cue. Three, two, one. That's right, Lef. I'm Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, and I want to talk Chargers soccer with you. You're in bombs. Fur guns. I want to hear from you. Parent tunnels, bleacher fires. Looking at you, soccer mom. Show me your lightning bolts. Corner kick me a phone call. Thanks, Smacksaw. Hey, Iafredi, how's that for old school, huh? Romy, I loved when Iafredi was in your studio earlier this year trying to be like me, except... You know, he, re- he removed his clot stockings, autographed those, then takes a strong talk, took off that oxygen tank and says, <gasps> time for me to die. And, Romy, another tool I need to mention, I-, I really didn't want to go here today, but you know that guy in Washington, D.C., Romy, that rich, arrogant loudmouth with a huge comb over? Of course, Romy, I'm talking about Bryce Harper. I mean, hats off to those two dingers last night, but dude has to have the greasiest lettuce in the entire beltway. I mean, we all like a little oil on our salads, but is it really necessary to have the oil changed in your hair? Hi, I'm Bryce Harper, and when it comes to hair care, I choose O'Reilly's Full Synthetic High Mileage Motor Oil. And I change my oil in my hair every three games or 3,000 styles. It's O'Reilly Auto Hair for a better part, for a better brass every play. Romy, I just feel bad for the grease monkey in charge of lubricating this guy's ball bearings. And while we're at it, Jimmy, uh, can we get Bryce to hook up Mike and Indy with some wiper blades for that number two streak he's left all over your show? I mean, this guy gets more silver than a Q-tip at the NBA Commissioner's Crib and more seconds than it takes Bo Jackson to count to 60. Which reminds me, Robbie, Mike stuttered so bad in last year's smack-off and in his call yesterday, I kept waiting for Chael Sonnen to show up, hit him with those shock paddles, and bring him back to life like he did in 2015. Oh, and Mike, I ordered a couple of your shirts from your Shopify.com. Hey, Romy, last night, did you see a helmet chipped the tooth of Aaron Judge? How in the hell did a helmet even find a tooth in this guy's gap mouth? I mean, dude's got so many gaps in his teeth, whenever Joe Girardi comes to put the shift on, I'm pretty sure he's motioning for Aaron's chicklets to move over. And with that jack-o'-lantern mouth, people in New York have already started calling him Mr. October 31st. I know his name is Aaron Judge, but are we sure he wasn't created by Mike Judge? I mean, dude looks so much like Butthead, I have to expect his pressers to sound like... (coughs) 
I'd like to swing big wood. <laughs> that was cool. If Aaron Judge can bring the teeth, Mark and Hollywood can sure supply the gums. Mark's got more gum in his smile than a pack of Bazooka Joe. I mean, Duke could win a bubble-blowing contest with those things. I mean, seriously, bro, what's the vet measure your gum-to-tooth ratio in, furlongs? And, dude, I know you're from Philly. I just didn't know you are a Philly. Now watch me smack, smack. Watch Mark Nene. Uh, uh, Jim, uh, being a star actor in the jungle... Uh, it just means you're a failed smack runner. Uh, per, per, hey, per, hey, Vialdi, uh, OJ Kilder, uh, Studio Stormy. Hey, 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 don't go pissing your pants, kid. What the hell happened? You lose your place in a damn script? In my day, we didn't even use scripts. Well, but, but, but aren't you? Terrence and Sarah Madre. Yeah, yeah. So what? But, but I thought you were. Dead? No, legends never die, kid, unless you're Burt Corona. You killed that guy last year. Hey, this is your big chance. You know what an honor it is to be in the pole position and go back-to-back? Unless you're that cow-tipping redneck Mike at Indy or his lackey shale. Hey, if he fought Mayweather under MMA rules, he'd still get his ass kicked. That guy's going to end up wrestling bears at the carnival. Okay? Hey, listen, kid. I got your back. You know that 1996 Sports Illustrated picture of all those clones with Jim? They all got your back, too, kid. You can count on it. The, the 1996 SI photo shoot, I mean, do you mean to tell me that Joe and Lemon Grove, Dave the Mayor and Poway, Rich and Anaheim Hills, Silk, I Ray, Trapper, and Jim Benton, the Detolas, and Raider Mike, all of my back, but, but I thought they were dead, too. I told you, kid, legends never die. Besides, they're not dead. They're just dead from the neck up. They can still walk around and pose for a picture now and then. Come on, now. Well, well Jim, I think that's them walking into the studio right now. I, there's I Ray. He's, he's bringing all the tree, and Randall's got the Portlandia bush, and, oh, and there's Raider Mike. He's going to plant them high and deep just like he plants his Raider jersey into his jeans. You can, like, recreate the 1996 SI photo, Jim. Oh, and there's Sports Illustrated columnist Ben Golliver. He's going to document this whole thing for a new article next month. So, Romy, I guess it's true. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes do chopper calls, bust down studio doors, and leave their capes behind. But legends bridge the gap that's the size of Aaron Judge's teeth between old school and new school and collect back-to-back smack-off titles. Legends never die, Romy. Hey, want a bet, punk? Whoa, whoa, Terrence, put the gun down. <laughs> hey, Bert says hello. Oh, ah, ah, ah. Damn, I'm out of bullets. From 2016, when he won it for the first time, left in Laguna again. Jimmy, you know what'd be cool? If I snuck into your studio and wrecked Brad on your mic at the end of my call, it'd be so awesome, dude. Hey, Caleb, you should have had Sarah T singing on to Like a Virgin by Madonna. And great call, Chad. Next time, press the button for a sports take on that soundboard, all right? Kind of like this. Hey, Jim. Who the hell shows Brazil is the Olympic venue? Ferdinand Magellan? Romy, Brazil's the worst idea since Mark and Hollywood got a bunch of actor friends in sweatpants together at a place called Big Wangs. I mean, seriously, Jimmy, you can't host the Olympics if your crew team thinks the world is still flat. Good news is, though, Jim, I'm sure there won't be a shortage of starter pistols, though. And, Romy, I don't mind watching Bob Costas with a little mild eye irritation like he had in Russia, but if dude contracts that Zika virus, I'm not down watching a guy with the head the size of a Titleist. Now, Rummy, someone I wish had a smaller head, Mike in Indy. Mike, when you call in on Monday to challenge Rome's smack-off results, you know, like you do every year, try not to sound like Johnny Cochran in the closing remarks of a case, Mike in Indy versus Urban Dictionary. Jim Rome, I do declare that the allegation of urbanization of the English dictation is a total falsification, Jim Rome. You better don't. And, Rome, if there's one thing Mike's a bigger poser at than rapping, it's basketball. So question to NBA conspiracy fan, if the NBA is fixed, why haven't they fixed Draymond Green's underbite? I mean, dude's mouth looks like my dresser with the bottom drawer pulled all the way out. 
If it was fixed, Romy, why haven't they slapped some braces on Shaquille O'Neal's crooked eyes yet? Anyways, Romy, speaking of weird-looking people, are we sure Chael Sonnen's knuckles are bruised from fighting dudes and not fighting to walk upright? I mean, Romy, this guy looks so prehistoric. It's like he's that Cro-Magnon in the Evolution of Man graphic. You know, like his version of straight fires just rubbing a couple sticks together. I mean, where'd this guy wrestle at in college, Romy? Mesopotamia State? Remember, you check out the ledge over that guy's eyebrows. I mean, it looks like a nice place to entertain. I would just hate to pay property taxes on it. All right, um, everyone's wondering. And uh, everyone, if you're listening to the show right now, stop whatever the hell you're doing. If you're driving, pull over. If you're working, stop. I'm about to take this call where no call has ever gone before. This is one small step for a clone and one giant leap for clone kind. That's right. I'm literally standing right outside the O'Reilly Auto Parts studio door. Let's see who's home. We're walking. Oh, KB. Nice jorts, bro. You cut those yourself? You're looking good. Alvy. Don't you put a bounce house in here? That's awesome. What's up, guys? I'm looking right across the glass, and Jim Rome's staring right at me. I'm going in. Bro, you got to be kidding me. Left, you're in my house. You're in my house, and you're rocking a Richie Incognito gamer. You got it, Jimmy. Left, what the hell are you doing in my house? This call's about. How to the get... hell did you get in here, Left? Romy, this call's about to get real good for everyone except Brad and Corona. Jimmy. Let me thank you for allowing me in the O'Reilly Auto Parts studio. Better parts, better prices every day. And since Brad asked for it, let me get a quick sponsor for this guy. All right. This call is brought to you by Brad for Marvel comic books. For all your smack off script needs, including hilarious lines, clever smack, and witty banner, such as pew, 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 pew. I mean, Brad, what were you doing last year, bro? Were you imitating fireworks? Were you taking inventory of church seating? Did you finally catch a whiff for your own takes? Pew, 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 Brad. And Romy, it's Friday, so it's also an Ask the Pros Day, so let me handle this one. This comes right from, oh, look, Brad and Corona. Brad writes, hey, Lef, I got no athletic ability. I suffer from low T. I rarely call the jungle. I got no social media presence. And clones are growing tired of my wacky voices and penile references. You, on the other hand, Lef, are fresh, cool. Your takes are hilarious and you have incredible sports knowledge. What do I do? XOXO, kissy face, Brad. Well, Brad, I got one answer for you. Put more effort in, loser. Punch your filth in the face repeatedly and stop sharing skinny jeans with your wife. And Brad, you need to stop watching all that TMZ and you need to start watching some more sports. So, Brad, let me help you out with that. It's time for your sports update. My man Rich Ackerman's got it. Rich? CBS Sports Sports Flash. Left breaking news we're following out of the Inland Empire. Corona police arrested a man child today after discovering his elaborate plans to impersonate several different people using the same voice and wacky cartoon sounds in order to fraudulently win a radio contest. The Corona boy was released after surrendering his script, but authorities believe he now intends on calling the radio show and impersonating a man with sports knowledge. We'll keep you updated right here on the Jim Rome Show. Thanks, Rich Smackerman. You see, Brad, 2016 was the year of diminishing abilities and retired champions. Kobe, Peyton, Duncan. And to that list, I just added Brad and Corona. And Brad, now that I just carved you up so bad on Jim's mic, because you like impressions so much, here's one for you. Time to die. 
Thanks for the mic, Romy. I'm out. 2015. Who will ever forget Brad in Corona's call? Look, I hate to start today off on a sad note, but uh, I just got some horrible news this morning. Bodie in Pearland won't be making it in today. He's been in a terrible accident. I got him one of those Fitbit calorie tracking watches, you know, because he's super fat. I thought it would help him. But apparently he went full-on Private Winslow on himself when he got it, and I guess the watch was defective. It exploded on his wrist, Jim. So thoughts and prayers of the Bodie and Pearland family. And Bodie, if you're out there listening, we're all pulling for you. Jim, real quick, can we revise the smack-off scoring system? There needs to be a couple categories in this thing. Guy who won and guy who finished the highest with the most number of kids. I have a wife and two kids. They require me to talk to them when I get home from work. I'm competing against a bunch of guys who go home to their dogs. No, like literally Steve Carbone lives alone with his German shepherds. Steve, how have you only won one of these things? If you're going to die alone with your dogs, you might as well die alone with your dogs and 5Gs as a two-time smack-off champion. Put more effort in, you loser. Jim, quick sports take. I was trolling around Chael Sonnen's Wikipedia page earlier. I wanted to bring something to everyone's attention. This is true. Chael Sonnen is a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. A purple belt. Dude knew he was going to fight people for a living, and he couldn't even be bothered to get a brown belt. Chael, all you have to do to get from purple to brown is just have your mom keep driving you to the lessons, you know? Pay the money for the brown belt and then, like, smash a couple boards with your cauliflower ear and you're good. Don't be such a quitter, dude. Face it, Chael, you're a shadow of your former self, okay? You were cool and edgy about ten years ago. That time has passed. Now you're the Andrew Dice Clay of the smack-off. Hickory dickory duck! Mike and Indy was right in my jack. The clock struck one, I told him, hey, you're not done. Get back and ride my jack some more, bitch. That's right, Mike and Indy, please listen to this, because I'm going to be brutally honest with you. The first three minutes of your smack-off call last year, you know, the part you did by yourself. Yeah, that sucks so bad, I was actually thankful to hear Chael start rapping. And Chael sucks at rapping. I didn't even know it was Chael. I just thought, thank God this crappy 90s white rapper guy got on here and saved America from some more solo Mike and Indy content. And on that note, Chael, will you please provide me with the names and addresses of anyone who's ever told you you were qualified to rap on the radio? I just need to drive over to their homes and then punch them repeatedly in the face. I probably won't hurt any of them. It's not like I'm a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu or anything, you know. I just want to send them a message. Chael, you and Mike both sound like you've watched the movie Above the Rim one too many times for your own good. Neither of you is Tupac, all right, although I do wish both of you were dead. Jim, is that what I have to do now in order to win my third title? I have to talk like a wannabe gangster and scrounge up some aging, lying, disgraced, D-list celebrity and get him on the phone with me to do some stupid fantasy role-playing in the middle of my smack-off call? Like, okay, cool, I'm not above that. Bill, come in here. Bill, get on the phone and say hi to Jim Rome, Bill. Oh, wait, wait, Jim, I'm forgetting to say my part like Eminem. If I tell you the moon is made out of cheese and Bill Cosby and I are inside a chill son's house right now, you get yourself some crackers. A boopity boopity bang with the smacky and the role-play, you see? That's right. I got disgraced, washed-up celebrity Bill Cosby, and we're inside of disgraced, washed-up celebrity Chael Sona's house right now. But that's not all, y'all. We also got a deadly sniper who can see through walls posted up on a rooftop across the street. Stevie Wonder, come in. Can you see us? This is Stevie. 
have a visual on you and Bill, B.I.C. Stevie, how many fingers am I holding up? Just one finger, B.I.C. The middle one. Ha, 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 LOL. Stevie Wonder's eyes are on fleek, y'all. Shoot the kill, Stevie. Take chill out. Pew, 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 pew. Bill Cosby, Stevie, sniper fools, where you at? A man chow soda's freezer with the delicious jello pudding boxes of pew, pew, pew. You see, Mike, that's about how stupid you sounded last year. You've won this contest by yourself the same number of times a woman has swiped to the right on your Tinder profile. Zero. The only chance you have of going viral on your own today is if Chael somehow forgets to remind you to take your herpes meds. And rather than screaming out a played-out catchphrase, I'm going to end my phone call simply. If you've ever wondered what the sound of a dude going wire to wire and winning a smack-off title by himself is, it sounds exactly like this. Man's game, bitch. And finally, five years ago from back in 2014, here is Mike in Indy. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm doing better than Vic for sure. He sounded angry during that last call, like the last blockbuster in NoCal just shut down. Stop watching all those movies and get a life, bud. And Brad seemed to lose a bit on his fastball there. How about you go down to the Scott Farrell show, get some reps in, maybe go R.A. Dickey and reinvent yourself with some kind of junk pitch. Romy, I've seen these photos Mark keeps tweeting out, and every photo, his smile keeps getting faker and faker as the embarrassment sets in and he tightens up, realizing how stupid that idea was. Speaking of people embarrassing themselves, the Ghanaian World Cup team publicly demanded their country send them an airplane full of cash before playing their last game. Are you kidding me? I can see Kim Jong-un licking his chops and fantasizing about all the different things he'd do if a North Korean tried to do him like that. He's just leaning back in his throne thinking, I wish a North Korean would. Speaking of acting a fool... Johnny Manziel keeps acting up, and the Browns keep letting him. And with every act of defiance, Jerry Jones bites his lip thinking about the one who got away, because we all know Jerry loves him a bad boy. And while we're talking about terrible leaders, Rome, the West Coast Mafia is in shambles under the Mark and Hollywood regime. Meanwhile, the Midwest Mafia grows stronger by the day, and as you all know, the Midwest Mafia isn't just a geographical region. It's a belief system. It's a work ethic. I told everyone a few months back that we flipped a high-ranking official from the West Coast Mafia to the Midwest. And when I say something's going to happen, it's going to happen. If I tell you a mouse can push a house, don't ask me how, just hook him up. If I tell you the moon is made of cheese, you can get you some crackers. What if I tell you two of America's most wanted are in the same mother bleeping place at the same mother bleeping time? Go easy on them, Chael. Guys, don't worry about the things they found in my system. Be grateful for all the things they did. Was there ever a doubt in anyone's mind? Chill P, the godfather, your mother's favorite trail stalker, Jim Rome's favorite horse in the race when it show? What would this joke of a contest be without me? Oh, I know. The Dan Patrick Show. Oh, you guys sound like that idiot on Wheel of Fortune, flabby and soft like Ric Flair from Four Horsemen. Why don't check on these callers' literacy? Um, Bob here from uh, Little City? They grow this or just born with such idiocy? None of those that matter but really don't. Rod Kardashian so fat he says trick or meatloaf on Halloween day. Kicked out of his own sister's wedding because they thought he was going to eat Kanye. Donald Sterling, girlfriend set him up and he took the bait. Didn't see what he saw in her. Maybe he's into trouser snake because she resembles a man. I've seen her pics. I'd rather get hit with a frying pan. I feel like James Franco messing with you children. Your jokes are as irrelevant as Paris Hilton. Admit it. 
you all look up to me and wish you said what I just did. In this competition, I'm Brad Pitt, and you're just J-Lo's boyfriend. Oh, 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 sounds like you're all cramping up like LeBron in the heat. Still don't know? Let me send in a tweet. At Jim Rome, the show has a winner, but it's not one, it's two. Hashtag, you still don't know? Let me give you a clue. We fooled you all. The swerve is in. I'm in on it with Mike from Indy. Mark and Hollywood want to know his only friend is Siri. So praise the SmackDown champions of the world and anyone else champion. You're just doing charity. You woke up feeling a win? Check your austerity. We laid the competition to rest. We put you all in your tune. Final word. And I'll see you next June. Chael Sutton signing out. Come boom. Godspeed, Chael. See, Chael's been off the grid as any elite assassin would be. In fact, as far as the U.S. government is concerned, he doesn't even exist. The Clone Intelligence Agency has identified the West Coast Mafia headquarters at Big Wang's in Hollywood. Mark's making his call from inside the bar, and we're in a car outside of the bar. That's right. We're right outside of Big Wang's, and we're going in. The first ever attack on the West Coast Mafia on West Coast soil. Our target, that wannabe actor Mark in Hollywood. Codename, The Extra. Perfection, this is De La Creme. Do you have a copy? Copy, DLC. Are you in position to breach entry into the compound's kitchen? Affirmative. Initiate the breach. Breach initiated. I see an old tweaker in a lab coat brewing up what appears to be a batch of that Heinsberg blue ice. That's Trapper. He's harmless. But get out of there. Those meth fumes are dangerous. Copy that. Okay. I'm in the main layer. Any females in there? None. That's it, then. Actually, I do see a guy hitting on a heavy set waitress. That's Vicar Nocow. Just let him go. He's the horniest man in the jungle, so he's not a threat. I'm moving to a side room now. Might, we might have the possible jackpot. Do you have a visual on the extra? Affirmative. Whoa! It's a tranny meth head on the loose. Keep your distance. That's Brad and Corona. He's done enough meth to fuel a nuclear warhead. Copy that. I thought he was going to dive in front of the extra and do something brave for once. He kept running. He went right out the window. I guess the target's neutralized. Are you still within range of the extra? I can see him. He can't see me. I've obtained a copy of the strip he memorized. It looks to be copied word for word from a very prominent book that is famous amongst the majority of my opponents. What book? It's called What Losers Say. We're so far in his head, Mike, he's going to take himself out. Copy that. We don't want his blood on our hands if we can make it look like an accident instead. If he tries to run, take him out. Copy that, DLC. For Roman Jungle. For Roman Jungle. You see, Mark, Destiny isn't just the name of the stripper you poured your heart out to last week. Destiny's what happens when talent meets hard work. And hope isn't just the name of that hooker you tried to nickel and dime last night. Hope is that thing you lost when Chael and I stepped into the ring. I do declare! I do declare! Now we're done. Crown us. There you have it. The last five winning smack-off calls. You want to lock in the jungle June 21st, this Friday, to see who wins it all this year. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. I'm back next week with Bob Costas. I'll see you then. I'm out.